Hey, welcome to Scratching the Surface. I'm Jared Fuller, and this is my podcast about design criticism and practice. On this week's episode, I am talking with the London-based book designer and typographer, Francisca Montero. This is an interesting conversation because, as many of you know, this podcast started as part of my graduate thesis while I was studying at the Maryland Institute College of Art, where I was thinking about design criticism and the relationship between design and writing and just generally how we talk about graphic design. And while I was thinking about those things in Baltimore, Francisca was also thinking about them in London, where she was working on an MA at the University of Reading. Her dissertation looked at Emigre Magazine and its role in design discourse and the connections between designing and editing and uh, the role of design criticism, which culminated in a show that she curated with Rick Pointer on the influence of Emigre. And I was just really struck by the similarities in our research and how we were researching the same ideas on different sides of the world. And so we use that as a frame to talk about our projects and our shared interest in design criticism, as well as the role of the magazine in creating a discourse, how graphic design writing has evolved over the years, and how reading Robin Kin Ross got her interested in design criticism. It's a really, really interesting conversation. Remember, if you're a fan of the podcast and want to help support it, you can become a member for $5 a month or $50 a year to receive an exclusive monthly newsletter with additional content and episode previews. Memberships really help keep the podcast going. I just really appreciate all of that support and hope that you enjoy this conversation with Francisca Montiero. I was introduced to your work and to you through your, uh, basically, I guess, your MA dissertation, which was kind of about design criticism and, and design writing. And you were studying that around the same time that I was in grad school studying the same topic. Uh, and we're on opposite sides of the world. And I thought that was very interesting. And so I was curious where that interest I kind of want to start right there and then we can kind of go back in time but where where'd your interest in design criticism or design writing or the intersection of design and writing come from I think I started with um uh, with a very big interest in legibility and readability Mm -hmm. Um, that I my first reading with that in mind with that mindset was King Ross's modern typography. Oh yeah, and he he has a, a little segment about the legibility wars, mm-hmm. uh, and that led me to emigre. And from emigre, I, I wrote a little bit about emigre, and I had the opportunity to read almost all. Of, I didn't read everything, but almost all of the issues, <laughs> and and from all of those writings, that's where design criticism and all this interest came. <laughs> and this was, was this while you were at University of Reading or was this all happening before that? It was a little bit before. Okay. Uh, and that was the reason why I went to Reading. You, you went to Reading to kind of s- study this topic specifically or? Um, yes. W- I like why, to... why go back to school? 
And so I was working uh, in Lisbon okay. in a studio. And um, I graduated from my BA in 2012. Okay. And then I was working in um, a graphic design studio, but very much focused on print design. Mm. Um, we were doing book design, type design, exhibition design, fairly traditional. Mm -hmm. So very much traditional with a lot of attention to the letter forms and details. So I was very interested in legibility. Mm -hmm. What is this? Uh, how can we uh, design this uh, transparent typography that um, Beatrice Ward was talking about? Yeah. You know, what is this? Um, and that's, that's when I started, I was still working, and then that's when I started to researching a little bit more about that and then i end up reading the bible typography. <laughs> yeah yeah um, and uh, and i was and so king ross talks about uh, the macintosh and how the how the technology influenced influenced the, the letters and the pages mm -hmm. and um obviously he talks about emigre um and by now i'm i already applied <laughs> to reading okay um, so yeah, when I when we get to Reading University, I did a MA in right. book design in Reading. Um, it's Reading is an amazing place with uh, an am amazing collections and uh, and people that you can talk to a right. lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, brilliant minds. That that's what I want to say. Yeah. Um, so, so when you went back to school and when you were studying this, you know, when you were kind of studying this, thinking that you were going to go back and go back to school, did you have any background in writing or theory or criticism or why, what was it about this idea of legibility and kind of immigre versus kind of crystal goblet? What, like, why, why did you even feel like you had to read that or study that? Where'd that um, kind of come from? from? My background is completely different. I studied, before graphic design, I studied architecture. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I only did two years. I didn't do my third year. Okay. Uh, I changed to graphic design, so I didn't finish the degree. So, but I think, first of my first interest in this um, transparent typography probably came from architecture, from geometry, from technical drawing, and very structured grids and everything and then uh, and then when I start reading more I discovered the opposite mm. I discovered postmodernism and emigre and I couldn't understand it yeah. at all yeah I didn't know what there was um, and that fascinates me not knowing things so I kind yeah. of looked for more and more and I had the chance of um, Reading University was interested when I was in Reading, uh, they were interested in buying an entire collection of emigre and obviously looking to the magazines. That's that's amazing compared to just looking it online or just mm -hmm. reading about it. So I had a chance of looking at the, to those uh, page experimentations, uh, um, all of those, because yeah. that, that was all new yeah. when they were doing it, all, all of those digital um, typefaces, etc. Um, so, so when you were there, and the f the first time I came across your work, 
was when you and Rick Pointer staged an exhibition kind of about Immigre and about the influence of Immigre. Was that, that was while you were a student, right? Yes, I was. I was. So I did uh, a little bit before the exhibition, I did an essay, a small essay about uh, Emigre and how how we could position, how we, we were positioning Emigre as a product of authorship. So mm. following this um, 80s and 90s war, legibility war, yeah. um, which was not an actual legibility war. So we are talking about obviously the experimentation that was happening um, right. in, in the pages, putting the designer as the central central figure contesting neutrality. Neutrality? Sorry, mm-hmm. I can't say this word properly. Neutrality. <laughs> neutrality. Yeah. Uh, contesting this neutrality, uh, um, questioning what is the role of the graphic designer. And um, emigre, in most of the literature about postmodernism, emigre is given as the, the example mm-hmm. of postmodern aesthetic. So I wrote a little bit, I wrote an essay about emigre, and uh, Rick Pointer joined the typography department a little bit later, and it all made sense mm. to do an exhibition about it because it was once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Uh, well, what's, I, what's interesting about that, and kind of hearing you talk about that, uh, and correct me if, if this is maybe a wrong interpretation of your approach, is that you were originally drawn to emigre kind of for stylistic purposes because the way it looked you know this kind of idea of kind of breaking the grid and that sort of thing but you as you were studying it it kind of got bigger and a little more theoretical where you started talking about the designer as author and kind of uh, what it means for a designer to be an editor which isn't just stylistically anymore but it was kind of a whole new way of working or a whole new approach to design. How did that, I I would love to kind of hear your thought process or your research process of kind of being intrigued by this thing purely stylistically and then realizing that there were other things about it that were interesting or other things you could talk about. Yeah, so it's definitely that. I was attracted to postmodernism and emigre because Mm -hmm. it was against everything I thought I believed in <laughs> yeah. I was practicing. Uh, I was very, well, I was, uh, I probably am, but I I was working in, in, in a very traditional studio. I was, I was trying to understand again, the crystal goblet mm-hmm. and, and working towards this transparent typography. Right. Uh, then an entire new world opens up and, and I want to understand what's what's happening. Why why are are these arrangements and references affecting the message? Why are they doing that? And what what can that brings? Yeah. Uh, obviously, those those differences, those higher hierarchy, those levels of informations that mm-hmm. information that. Um, mold the way the reader reads the text and that's fascinating compared to compared to, I'm not saying that invisible typography it's right long, something like that is just two different fascinating approaches uh, or ideas 
So that's why I looked looked into uh, the designers, author, uh, post-structuralism. Uh, I end up obviously um, in in checking the, the what was happening at Cranbrook and mm-hmm. Color Arts. Um, all of those um, they were obviously confronting critical theory, uh, uh, post-structuralism with graphic design. Um, <laughs> yeah. So was all this, you know, kind of thinking about deconstruction and post-structuralism in this kind of more theoretical side? Did you have any background in that? Or were you kind of using immigre as your way to also learn about these things? I had absolutely zero background. <laughs> okay. Completely. I, I didn't know. I didn't even know immigre when I started, when I, when I finished my BA so it's so when I when I read all of this back then when I was reading this this was all new and fascinating because mm-hmm. because I didn't know it existed, um, so I didn't have absolutely any kind of background uh, on this. Okay, which I think so, and Emmy Gray was my case study for everything. Yeah. everything I was reading, I was going back and checking. Oh, really? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask is because because I I feel like I had a very similar kind of experience where in my undergrad um, and and I I guess we were kind of uh, probably studying this around the same time. I finished undergrad in 2011, so a little bit uh, before you, but immigre was a thing that we were introduced to and the kind of 1990s kind of postmodernism, but words like post-structuralism or deconstruction, um, even, even like the word postmodern, I don't think was ever, I'm not sure that was a word that was used to describe those in the school I went to. And these were shown to us purely as different visual styles. There was no kind of uh, theory or history or or criticism brought in around that. And it wasn't until after I graduated and I started studying design criticism that the theoretical side of these visuals started to make more sense. Uh, and so it was the same. It sounds like it was kind of similar to you, actually. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly the same thing. And so how um, I'm curious, because because now you you stage this show with Rick that's kind of looking at immigre and then you end up doing your dissertation on and and this is where it gets kind of really interesting for me is because your dissertation is very similar to my own uh graduate school project and it's about design criticism or it's about the relationship between design and writing so what was it about that show and about studying immigre that started getting you interested in criticism or how kind of how we talk about design well it was about it started when i when i had the chance of reading the mm-hmm. issues yeah and 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 reading going back to the those legibility wars reading what was that about exactly what were, what were they talking about mm-hmm. um they were talking about what graphic design is um <laughs> right yeah and and that and and i wanted to know my first question was, yes, this, this existed in the 80s and 90s, but what about today? <laughs> yeah. We don't have, and and I, I ended up going over and over again to, 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 to magazine stores and mm-hmm. trying to 
flick through all of the graphic designs magazines and trying to understand, okay, what's emig- where is emigrate today? The emigrate of today. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't realize why. Yeah. So that's what my dissertation was um, picking up from emigrate, but was looking at designer-led publications, so publications that were edited and designed by designers, mm-hmm. Emigre and um, see what what does that give us, and um, how where can we see that happening again today? Where can we see that community that Emigre built? Yeah, community of, of of readers of discussion. Where can we see that today? Well, and what I liked about you know because I, I I read your your dissertation in preparation for this is that you talk about how this idea of designer-led publications or this kind of design dialogue or this kind of critical discourse around design didn't start with Immigre. It existed before. There were magazines before Immigre that did this, and there were magazines after Immigre that did this. And you talk about um, things like Dot, Dot, Dot and uh, Francisco Laranjo's uh, Modes of Criticism. Um, but there was something about Immigre that sort of... It, uh, it was like a right place at the right time. Like it was a bunch of different things converging at the same time. Uh, and I'm kind of curious as someone, you you approached your project a little bit more historical, I think, than I did. Um, and I'm, I'm curious kind of studying that history. I have two questions. Do, do you also agree that there, that, Immigrate kind of hit on a lot of things at the same time, the introduction of the Macintosh, the introduction of theory at Cranbrook, and was able to kind of grab on to that. Um, yeah. And then are there something I think about all the time, and it comes up on this podcast all the time, is um, this idea of, you know, the legibility wars, the introduction of the Macintosh uh, is what led to that kind of critical writing. Are there things like that today that are happening that we're just missing? You know, are there are there actual kind of big cultural things like that that would lend itself to that kind of writing and debate and and you know quote war? You know what I you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it. I think I think they are different. Uh, um, so from emigre from the eighties and the nineties and new technologies and. And then the blogs and, mm-hmm. and internet and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, graphic design as a field um, was completely transformed. And I remember listening to your conversation with Jeffrey Keady. It's amazing. I remember him saying that graphic design today is so big. Yeah. It's a book, but it's a UI, UX at the same time. So it's so yeah. big. That the discourse itself, it's it's very broad as well. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult, it's difficult to find one place um, where, where everyone goes to read and to talk. Mm-hmm. And to, so, so I guess it expanded and it transformed. It exists. I think the interest in graphic design criticism, it exists. It didn't disappear at all. It's just adapt, adapted itself. Right, and it's so it's so fragmented because the field is so big that they're almost 
can't be one central place because there's user experience and product design and, and all of these things are just kind of having their own dialogues now. Yeah, that's why I focused. Um, so when I start write, actually writing the dissertation, mm-hmm. when I stop researching, uh, I, <laughs> yeah. and, which was like two days before the deadline. <laughs> right, uh, of course. I, <laughs> I, I focus on printed, printed magazines, printed right. publications. My interest was always printed publications, but because they were a meeting point for ideas um, and, and analysis and discourse, and they were in itself a, cri- a critical practice. Right. Uh, that they, they were a place for critical practice, and they were in itself a critical practice because they can um, pose questions or, mm-hmm. or debate for what they are showing and how they are showing. They are claiming something. Um, Right. And, right. and at the same time, giving the information to the reader to, to make their own judgments and critique. Um, so that's why I focus. I, I started, you were saying that I, I went in a, a little bit of it, in a little historic road. Yes, I started, um, I, I touched the avant-garde uh, 1920s a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, I touched the First Things First manifesto, right. uh, of course, because... Um, they they kind of defined the well they didn't define the limits it's exactly the opposite they opened the limits right, of the yeah. um, and then as a magazine I went to Typographica mm-hmm. Urban Spencer Typographica Typographica sorry if I'm saying yeah. it incorrectly <laughs> again because um, because he was the editor and the designer emigre obviously dot 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 um, because these magazines were generating mm-hmm. a community of interests, mm-hmm. a community of voices, um, and and the essays that they were showing from Typographica to dot dot dot, and uh, they were showing um, the the essays were themselves experiments to, and, and they were questioning the content, actual essays. So everything was one whole thing yeah i mean what i don't know if i answered or just ran away from the question yeah well no because that was that was actually my uh another question that i had is is i loved how you framed this this project around magazines and this is something that i i hadn't i hadn't thought about it in this way until i i read your your project and that magazines and and you were starting to say this in your in your answer is that magazines actually create a public um or create but by publishing a magazine you're also creating an audience and people subscribe Mm -hmm. to it they get it in the mail and then it, it starts this kind of conversation with the reader um and i wonder and i think early blogs did that also sites like speak up and and early design observer did that but i don't know if that i think i I don't want to put all the blame on on social media but you know people don't you don't go to a website as much anymore the website or or you know you don't the website doesn't come to you you just go on twitter or whatever and you just see it and you just click out on what's interesting and so it makes it harder to kind of create that sustained 
public or that sustained audience. Yeah, you know? I think there's one, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no. There's one thing, there's one thing about magazines that make it work so well. It's because, um, when, when we, the, we know to whom they are talking to, we know who the reader, who, who the writer is and who the reader is. It's a very direct thing. Whereas when you go to a website, you're talking to such a broader audience or you don't have the sense of community that you yeah. have when you build a, a magazine, when you, when you not build, publish a magazine, it's, it's, it's a, it's a more closed um, structure, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and that, that allows for, um, for a more direct um, communication. Like it, it, it allows for, you know, when you, when you publish something on the internet, basically, it goes out to everybody. Uh, and so there's that, there isn't that sense of community because anyone can kind of jump in and jump out whenever they want. Uh, where that yeah. magazine has that kind of sustained audience. And so it often feels like when you publish something on the internet, and I even feel this, honestly, with the podcast sometimes, where I don't always know who's listening to this. And I know that there are some people that listen to every single episode, and there are some people that have probably only listened to one. Um, and I have no way of really knowing that the way, you know, that magazine, kind, you know, a magazine can kind of, kind of create that um, dialogue mm -hmm. between not just between kind of writer and reader, but also like publisher and subscriber. And, and then the, the readers talk to each other. Uh, and I just don't know. It comes back to what we were saying earlier about the feel getting so big. Is that kind of community even possible anymore? Like does, does the form of the magazine even make sense in 2018 as a way to, package and distribute design criticism it, it might make sense i okay. think it does but okay. let me just go back a little bit there's oh, yeah. one that we are missing okay um, compared when we are comparing magazines with web and blogs mm -hmm. it's the editor that's that's the main fig figure in in all of this that makes that makes the magazines um a different such a bit a different product product mm -hmm. whereas when in blogs yes we we drew more people in quantity to the dialogue sure um but and and you you have speak up and the early design observer where you almost see the same the same letters to to to, to emigrate that we right. were yeah. seeing you have the same kind of comments and the fiery comments mm -hmm. uh, in speak up as well, but um, you don't have an editor to make it um, a cohesive argument. Uh, something oh, that, yeah, you, you if if you go to a blog and you have an an amazing piece, an amazing essay, and then you have seventy, eighty, one hundred <laughs> right. comments. Yes, you do have a handful of very good comments that that have good content, but it's so difficult to flick through all of the more, <laughs> see more, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. difficult to, to find a, a, um, a line, a, a frame of reference. Um, and I think, I think that's the difference between the two platforms. It's, it's the editor, the editor, the magazine has this editor 
and the blog and the web, it's more difficult to provide the reader with references and frames and and mm -hmm. I think that's the I, I have two questions. I'll ask, okay, I'll ask these a separate question. I was going to try to put two questions together, but I think it would be better to, to keep them separate. Has, you know, after you've studied this for, how long was, was your program? One year or two years? I did it in two years. So, so after studying, you know, basically kind of studying this for two years, did it change how you think about graphic design? I think, not sure how to answer. I, I think I think it changed the way I approach work, okay. in the sense that I know how to exp why I want something and how to explain mm. my decisions. Mm -hmm. I think in that way it did change how I how I approach my day to day um, work. I, I mean, I, again, I'm asking that this kind of selfishly thinking about my own career and work and how I feel like the more because I all you know spending two years studying design criticism and reading how people have talked about design over the years that I found that before I started graduate school and I didn't even realize this until after how how narrow my definition of graphic design actually was and maybe this comes back to the Kiti interview of it being kind of bigger than than we than it's ever been is that there are so many more ways to practice graphic design that I just kind of never realized or thought of and it's just opened up the field and and design writing and design criticism has made graphic design so much more interesting to me and i already found it interesting you know it was already the thing that i wanted to do but kind of discovering this other side i just feel like it kind of like completely opened up for me does that do you, did you feel that at all i felt exactly the same uh, and and to to add to that i think our generation and today design criticism today we need to kind of do it more so that <laughs> yeah. we can we can have new. I'm missing the word. Um, the, the discourse has. We need to frame what the discourse is. We need to reframe it yeah. because graphic design changed. So we kind of need to adapt the discourse to that change. We need to ask ourselves. What does the discourse now, the, the, the yeah. critics' discourse, include or exclude? Um, what does it mean to talk about graphic design today? How? How does? What is it now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I have said this so many times. Where I I, I feel like every generation needs to redefine what graphic design is to that generation. But that, but that only happens with podcasts like yours and and um, more design conversation about design critique, uh, design yeah. critique. Um, so I guess our, our the new generation, our I mean the new generation. If if we are aiming for that community again that we were talking in the beginning, uh, that community interaction, mm -hmm. um, we need. 
new standards, new, probably new platforms. This is exactly something that I was curious about asking asking you about also, because I, I found when I read through old immigrants, and I, I recently talked to, uh, to Rudy, uh, the when we're recording this, that interview hasn't come out, but by the time people listen to this one, they'll have heard that one already. So I'm sorry that... <laughs> that, that <laughs> I while, haven't. <laughs> yeah, that while we talk, you haven't heard it. Um, but I, I, it's, it's interesting to me how so much of what we think of as design criticism or the topics that design criticism should cover are the ones that... Like, we're still living off of the energy of emigre instead of finding those new things for today, 20 years later? We might not even find it, but at least we are asking what mm -hmm. that can be. And that's important too. We're even more important. Yeah. Even if we, we don't find what is, we don't find this community again, we don't build this community again because it's just not possible. That's okay, but at least we are asking um, the questions. And I guess that's, yeah, I mean, it's a start. It's at least what I'm what's what what this podcast is trying to do is at least try to, you know, maybe raise some of those questions, I think. Um, and it was nice, you know, it was I don't mean to make this about me, but I was surprised and uh, really enjoyed seeing scratching the surface in your in your uh, in your <laughs> essay. And it was really fascinating to me to read somebody else who has thought about this as much as I have and frame what I'm doing in that history uh, and what I'm ho hoping to do. And so I was, I was kind of just, you know, just a side note. Um, uh, I really enjoyed kind of seeing how you framed scratching the surface in this trajectory also. Um, and it just made me, made me feel good. Um, no, it's the new, it's, it's what I was saying about is new standards yeah. for critical discourse or new platforms. Um, if if graphic design as a field expanded so much, um, we need to adapt to that. Yeah. We need to adapt to that transformation um, and we need to find other ways of talking about it and defining what graphic design is. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and that's that, that was kind of what, what, what I was leading to is that that's why this is a podcast is because I thought if this was just originally when I when I started my MFA I was thinking that I was going to write a series of essays or publish a book or something like that and I was really interested in bringing more people into the discourse and that design criticism today has you know almost feels too academic sometimes it's the kind of people in the schools it's the thing that other people do and then you go and you do the work and I wanted to try to bring those together and so I started experimenting with video and with podcasts to see are there different formats that we could use to bring more people into that yeah. critical discourse and that's exactly why this is a podcast and I'm curious if what you think especially kind of your project focusing so much on magazines do you have thoughts on what design criticism could look like today or what f new formats we could be using to raise these issues? Um, I, I do think the podca podcast is it's an amazing new format that should be 
it, it, it does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to say that the magazine as a, um, a platform for design criticism doesn't work anymore because yeah. I do think it does. Uh, I think we obviously need editors that can can be designers or uh, uh, visual people that with with uh, big visual culture mm-hmm, <laughs> that mm-hmm. are not designers but that are very interested in design. We need these people to publish more magazines and and try again to do something like dot 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 did, which yeah. was amazing. Um, so. Um, I don't think that we do need to look for more or other platforms, but the magazine is, is it still is, um, I think the platform for now that the platform, it's the platform that works the best. I think that has more, um, I'm not, not sure how to say this. Um, yeah, it's like, it, I, I don't know if this is what, what you're trying to say, but I'm thinking I also recently interviewed the guys from Bricks from the Kiln, which is a kind of new kind of, it feels like a, a, a daughter to dot, dot, dot in a lot of ways. Um, okay. And they're doing something that's just really interesting. And it's these little, it's like a bi-yearly publication, but it's beautifully packaged. It's a set number. Like there's something... The thing that's nice about a magazine is it's packaged. There's a beginning and an end to it. Um, the The pieces might not have a whole theme. Sometimes they do have a whole theme, but it's a it's an object. It's an artifact, and I think there's still an importance to that. I I, I, I agree with you, and it's you know it's interesting talking about new forms of uh, criticism or new forms of of the discourse. How many people I've talked to for the podcast who are still publishing? magazines or publications yeah the other side of that question though and we've kind of danced around this a little bit is in thinking about redefining the the discourse for today and this is a question that i ask everybody that i interview um from your from your vantage point what are the topics or issues or subjects that designers should be talking about or or writing about today what are the what are there eligibility wars of 2018 or or what are the issues that that we should be thinking about that's that's an amazing question but going back to how to graphic design is so broad and it expanded and fragmented it so much (laughs) it's difficult to just tell you one two three i work uh in publishing mm-hmm. and I I do have my, my interests are printed publications books mm-hmm. magazines etc um, so my interest is always about um, what it, the, the legibility yes readability legibility um, hierarchy of information and how how do we deal with it in a printed page um, so I think f- for me I, I would focus my um, writing and research and discourse and conversations that I have with other people on on, on pretty much on typography and type because mm. that's my background and that's what I do yeah. at the moment. So in a broader sense, broader <laughs> sense, what what should we all be talking about? It's 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 difficult to answer because 
of all we talked about because yeah, yeah. scrap design what is it, it, it it's yeah. so much that it's difficult to pinpoint um a topic or two or three are there from your from your research are there people or publications or editors or writers who you feel have picked up that that mantle from immigre and are kind of doing the interesting publication and design writing work today well you can't forget uh, i magazine which right. is yeah yeah the immigrant of today <laughs> no i mean that's what i mean is that that's the magazine that in my opinion uh, it's the magazine that it's bringing more um critical writing mm -hmm. to to our field um, and I, I don't have a lot of information. I, I haven't seen many, but you know, idea from Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't. Well, I, I've, I have a couple of issues, and I've seen a couple of issues, um, but I don't. I haven't seen many, so I can't really talk about it. But from what I got, from what I, what I read, again, they, they have the editor and the designer. They. They have a very good collaboration, which makes it a very good product. Mm. Um, the fact that the articles are, the, the designer has a hand in the editorial part and the right. editor has a hand in the <laughs> food. In yeah. the, in the, <laughs> so I think that these this collaborations, which that happen in um, that kind of collaboration happens in iMagazine as well. Yeah. Uh, that's what makes these products so good. To and, and probably that's the kind of thing that allows a community to be formed around mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the two um, printed uh, magazines that I think are doing what Typographica did, what Emigrate did, what Dot 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 did. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what speak up and design it as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I have two more questions to kind of, kind of wrap this up. I'm curious what's next for you, you know, after finishing your MA, you know, spending this time thinking about criticism and the relationship between design and writing, um, has this changed how you think about your career? Do you want to do more writing? Do you want to kind of be involved in this kind of discourse that we're talking about? How, how did this change or, or uh, you know, evolve your own practice? I'm not sure yet. Okay. <laughs> it was, I yeah. just finished last summer. Okay. Uh, I definitely, definitely want to be involved. I don't see myself as a writer. Oh, really? Uh, I, I wrote in... I wrote two or three things uh, in an academic environment mm -hmm. and writing outside an academic environment. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not. I'm not saying that I don't want to do it. Right. I, I know just what you don't mean. know what it is yeah. because I haven't done it. Um. So yes, I might want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Connect from 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 what what this is this design discourse of today i definitely don't want to disconnect and i want to be part of it who my, my final question is and this is this is also a question that i that i end every interview with um 
who are the the writers or the critics or authors or the books or designers who have really influenced you and the way you think about this and and your own project and the way you think about your work and kind of everything that we've we've talked about um i think this will sound strange but i'm I'm going back to to modern typography because it was the book that opened all of this world yeah so um i would go for it um and what i what i constantly read is it's it's high magazine so yeah i think those are the two um big printed um a book in a magazine being printed printed matters that that influences yeah. me yeah yeah <laughs> thank you so much for this conversation this was this was really fun for me i was really like i like i said before we started recording i was really looking forward to talking to you because i i thought there was something really fascinating that both of us kind of pursued uh graduate school projects that were very similar in topics at the same time which i think means that this is something that's on people's minds right now and it was it was just really interesting to me to kind of uh read somebody else who has thought about this as much as i have and to to talk to you and and see how you approached it so thank you so much this was this was so great and i'm glad to to have you on the podcast thank you this episode was recorded on april 14th 2018 our theme music is by andy borgasani we're on twitter and instagram at surface podcast you can find us on apple Podcasts, google play soundcloud and at scratching the surface.fm thanks for listening